This morning, the Supreme Court recognized that the Constitution guarantees marriage equality. Open relationship, but how do you tell your partner about it? <laughs> what a journey, right? But we still need to change. We need to listen. And I'm here to learn. Welcome to Dear Queer People. People. Well, uh, today with me, it is a human that I can describe like one of a kind through the path of, um, I believe, uh, self-love and, and acceptance through addictions, through finding peace. Um, she built a journey that I can say that it was part of a self-discovering and, and, and advocate um, for our LGBTQ plus community. And one of the things that I love about having her right now with me is the story of strengths, it's a story of falls, it's a story of bravery, uh, it's a journey into transitions. Um, and do we all go through that <laughs> at some point? <laughs> so uh, her pronouns are she, her, and hers. And for me, I think her pronoun will be just kindness because I never met this person. I can feel her, her kindness towards anything that, that she does. So, hi, Jace Cannon. Well, hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it, it, it's, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. And thank you for um, allowing me to, to record this with the technology of being separated more than six feet. <laughs> <laughs> I would say many, many, many feet since I'm currently in Montana, but anxiously waiting to come back to our city. But I'm excited. Yeah, our city right now is is it it's it's like a it, it's like a healing process, and I think right now what is happening it, it it's like a healing process to everyone. How you're dealing with all this situation being there? Well, I think we're. I mean, at least for me, it's. Um, I love the word navigating. <laughs> so it, it to me, it's just been a constant navigation of you know processing, processing feelings, emotions. Um, living the same day over and over again. Um, so I think for me, um, it, I'm blessed to be where I'm at. I'm blessed um, to have the chosen family that I have and the support that I have. And part of that, I would say, is also, um, you know, I had options and I had privilege. You know, not everyone could jump on a plane and head to the Montana mountains, but I'm grateful for the support that I have and the ability to do that. So it's it's been almost, I think I was saying earlier to you, um, seven weeks since I've been out here. Um, I miss New York City um, every second. I am definitely not a mountain girl. I'm a city girl. But, um, you know, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that I've had the space um, to be out here and to also really just be connected to my communities in New York City and feel very close. I mean, you and I have had the great opportunity to connect and meet via online presence and and to join forces and Isn't show crazy? up. So I, you know, I'm I'm grateful to be here and I'm really honestly grateful to come home very soon. Yeah, I think you we need we need a separation from those type of things to actually 
uh, it's not that we don't appreciate them, but we needed sometimes a, 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 a distance of these things to actually value them and know how can we show up better, you know, in, in different circumstances. And for all the listeners that um, are behind, I don't know, uh, headphones or with the speakers listening to this, well, I connect with Jay's because, well, first of all, um, Jay has been uh, working in, in the world of wellness, philanthropy, gender studies, and, and, and entertainment and bringing those elements together to to serve our community, you know, and to be more than just a voice and actually use that voice. And I think it's something that you have been doing with also your all your projects, you know, mm-hmm. and and one of the projects that you're leading also right now, and that and this is why we connect. It is the We Are Family campaign for the California Center, um, which helps our LGBTQ plus youth, uh, homeless youth, to provide them well not only with 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 um, uh, education and, and food and, and support them, but also a moral support, a love support. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the fascinating things of you. And you say something very, very um, reson- that resonates with me right now that is choosing family. Um, since I moved to New York, it's been a journey also to find that choosing family. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that process for you um, after... Uh, you after all you've been going through um, right. living in New York and, and, and bottling with, with the community itself as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think what's really unique and it's we we have this opportunity to sometimes choose our family. <laughs> and our birth family, sometimes we don't get to choose and some of us are quite lucky to have support and acceptance and encouragement and compassion through our family. And unfortunately, so many of us don't have that outlet. So it's really it's really important that we create a sense of family within our own community or loved ones. And I, I love the, the word chosen. Um, my, my journey, as you kind of know a little bit about, it has, you know, um, from a, a bearded yogi, yoga teacher with a big beard to um, coming out as a trans woman, um, you know, in my late thirties and, and all of those transitions um, really kind of, um, showcase of support, whether you get that from your family, your immediate family, or your chosen. And for me, my my journey has always really been, I'm fortunate enough to have a really big network of chosen family members. Um, I might not necessarily have that same support with my um, my birth family, but, you know, I've had this opportunity to really just have a, a, a big community of love. And part of this journey and as you know being identified as queer it's you know sometimes we're rejected we're rejected by our family members we're rejected by society and how do we really reach out for each other and the la 48 center is exactly that i mean it's an extended family to so many um and that family is you know support love and acceptance and and teaching life skills um but you know the immediate um you know, offerings that the LA 48 Center has been offering is shelter and, you know, also housing, residential programs to create housing and homes for these youth. I mean, so kind of jumping a little bit, but um, there's so many and it's really sad and it breaks my heart. And even through this pandemic, that families um, are kicking out their, their loved ones 
because of their identity. And, and so many of our fellows, um, youth are on the streets and it's, it's just a really sad, sad, sad situation. Um, but the, the hope and the joy comes in when you have organizations such as Alley Fortnite Center who provide that. They provide that sense of um, family, safety, and home. And I think those three three things come together so much. And, you know, maybe I just mentioned earlier, I had the great privilege or opportunity to jump on a plane and fly to my family and, and get that support. I think yeah. we're all like searching for that. And part of my lifeline, you know, I work so closely with the LA Fortnite Center, but part of the lifeline is like, knowing what their situation is, Carlos, you know, you know, since day one and the, the quarantine, they've been, you know, more so not the freedoms that you and I have, where we're able to maybe go to the grocery store and buy the food that we want to buy, or be able to have a walk outside with social distancing, you know, our youth have don't have that option. So it's really isolating. And, you know, we, I'm sure you and I have, you know, a lifetime of traumas and a lifetime of joys. But these youth, you know, unfortunately, yeah. have more trauma than any of us know how to comprehend or to deal with. And so I, I think it's it was so important to, for me at least, to remind these beautiful beings that they're not alone, that we're navigating these unknown times together and it's scary. And so I, I think that's where, you know, just with this in the recent project and where you and I connected, it's like we share this similar desire that we want these youth to know that they're not alone, that they're loved, that they're supported, and that we get to go through this together. So I think that's pretty huge. Um, and <laughs> it takes a lot of energy to actually put together some something to remove yourself and to put yourself on the side to actually realize, I mean, the war is full of crap. The war is right. full of, of, of things that, that, that happens to another one. Like you said, you and I, and a lot of people and, not even talking with the queer community, we we are all, we have a lot of traumas and and experiences through our family, through friends, uh, through different topics, you know. Yeah. But when you get the chance to compare uh, what this youth is going through right now today, while you and I are talking, while the while, while you you guys that are listening to this. Um, um, are going through you know it's like you to you remove yourself to that to actually say well maybe things that actually maybe i was mad about or annoying about maybe they they don't matter anymore you know right. and how i can show up better what i can do better and that's something that i i admire from you because it, it is hard to remove yourself it is hard to actually when you go through your process into your your own experiences, sometimes it's, you're too cut up and you're too selfish in that part to actually realize that if we can raise voices in our community, if we can use the platform that we have, call it social media, fame, uh, if you are maybe someone very recognized in the industry, it doesn't matter. But if you can at least put something out there to help the California Center or any other organization that are helping our youth, it, I think that's kind of like the key, and I wanted to I wanted to ask you what yeah. what was that switch that happened that, that happened and did you want to provide for the community? Because of course we know that, um, and you mentioned before you are you are a yogi and you uh, you came from a, a mindset of provide of help or come as well. At the same time, you go to your transition 
and that transition uh, uh, in, in your 30s um, also has been, and, and, and I am going to, with all due respect, like a very, a very <laughs> strong decision to make in, in, a, in, a really, in a really powerful way, you know, to say, you know what, I am go- my pronouns are going to be from now on these ones and I'm going to be true to myself. And that requires a, a really tough process for get to the point to actually serve your community. For me, that, it, it is amazing. You know, I get overwhelmed just to say it <laughs> with this accent. No, no I, I, I hear you. And it, it, it definitely resonates so deeply. I think with any of us, it's like, where does that journey come from? And you mentioned yoga. You know, for many years, I've been teaching yoga and I lived in a yoga ashram in a tiny little island in the Caribbean. And, you know, I think for me, and I also came out like, did my teacher training 10 years ago in the ashram and then came back. And I mentioned before, I was this big beard, bearded yogi and, and did these wellness events. And I think my time in the ashram, the, the first stint was, you know, really diving into the philosophy or, or the yogic life, um, as you would say, and what really resonated for me. And there's many, there's four paths of yoga. And, and for me, it, it, I, it just, immediately gravitated to karma yoga karma yoga is the act of selfless service and so when you are in the action of karma yoga um it's really does purify the heart and and what does that mean so living in ashram for two years i you know you you are the community so i had to cook for 350 people every single day you know there's ways of serving the community and and what happened for me is just this immediate um, access to joy and happiness. And so I kind of just took that path with me because I knew that's what I want to do. I wanted to continue to build communities. And I did that, you know, with wellness events and supporting God's Love We Deliver and other organizations. And when I came, you know, all of this wonderfulness is happening and being of service, absolutely. But, you know, we're human. We have these human experiences. And I think my whole a life, especially my adult life, I really struggled with suppression of my gender identity and self-hatred and self-love, uh, lack of self-love. And, and so for me, I, I, you know, I think we all come to this pivotal point or many pivotal points in our life where we can just, you know, I, I would love to use one word and it's just surrender. And, you know, from 2009 to Fast forward to 2015, going back to the ashram and, and coming out to myself as a trans woman, you know, that was the deepest surrender I could ever do. And part of that surrendering was such a relief and lightness that I've never experienced. And um, and I was immediately picked up by my chosen family. I was supported. I was even supported. If you can imagine living in an ashram, it's very much like a temple um, Hindu um, where you have priests, you have swamis. You know, even within this very traditional classical setting, um, you know, there's nothing but love and acceptance. And and part of that, my journey has always been since coming out is like, how do I show up for those who might not have the same um, opportunities or privilege or, you know, family of support? So many of us don't have that, Carlos. And I, I think for me, um, as a yoga teacher, you know, um, we, I want to create safe spaces for any gender, anybody to feel comfortable in their body and practice yoga. And a, 
hot <laughs> in a hot room with you know mirrors and how do we um, love ourselves in, in that capacity so there's always like for any of our, our our queer community I think there's levels of acceptance of ourselves and and processes that we whether it's self-care or wellness or how do we connect and and feel a sense of groundedness I mean at the same time I've always said this and I'm a true believer we have to turn around to our younger generation and add that support and um, I think that's mm-hmm. For me, it's a simple, I don't think I would be able to be so grounded and at peace where I'm currently at in my life here in Montana, if I didn't have the outlet of service and being connected. And, you know, to me, I just, that's just a practice. And sometimes it's not an active practice, but I really try to make it always active. I'm talking a I lot. Think, I think that's basically <laughs> the key. No, you are not talking a lot because I can talk a lot. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I can help to actually feel inspired by it. But at the same time, um, sometimes I can help to wonder. And I, can, I, I just sound like a Carrie Bradshaw moment. I can help to wonder. <laughs> um, what is that is about joke, by the way. Um, yeah. What do you think that is happening right now to our community that I'm not saying that is there's no advocacy and there's no advo- people advocating to our rights in general more than help our LGBTQ youth, more than providing with shelter, with food, with um, moral support, more than that. What do you think that is that they, they can be that factor to our community that we're not showing up enough because, for example, we're measuring that into our network. So my network are my friends and their friends and, and maybe my circle or my cocoon, like I, I want to call it, it is it's around, it's around by these kind of topics. So people are going, I don't know, to parties and to hang out with friends and and, and, and they're living the, the best gay life or LGBT <laughs> or queer life. In that sense, let's put it that way. Not gen- whatever gender you are identify right, with, totally. uh, whatever letter of the community that we have a lot. Uh, but I know people that I know they can maybe have kind of like the power quotes in terms of a platform of something, and they just don't get involved, or they know, but they just don't do anything. And for me, right, I for me, it was an awakening. You know, for me, coming from social media. And and have social media just as my 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 outlet to showcase what I can do and become or do something for it as well. It's it's I don't I'm not an actor I'm not a, I'm not a teacher or yogi right. I'm not a dancer and I said that all the time in, in in my in the podcasts and interviews, but it was my way to actually find out to show up how we can incentivize how like what we can do as a community to be better for our own community. Right. Well, that's that's a deep question. Um, I think it takes some moment. Oh, you're welcome. So deep, deep thoughts. I think, and war oh, piece. This is well, like a Miss, I, a Miss Universe moment. Well, I think it takes um, a, a collective pause, and I, I do think that you know, even within our LGBTQ plus. I, PP, QQ, you know, our, our community is quite big. And, yeah. and I do think that, you know, um, as a whole, I think there needs to be a little bit more healing and, um, and uh, a bit more um, curiosity of, you know, who is our group. And, and, and it, it's almost like China, like just kind of moved the spotlight from, you know, the, oh, the, 
the G, the B needs to get it to the, you know, trans, you know, conversation to the intersex conversation. It's like trying to relate and to hear other stories and to connect. And, you know, each one of our experiences, even with under the umbrella, um, the rainbow, you know, it's really unique and, and, and different. And, you know, whether the gay movements, you know, fast forward really fast and the trans movements catching up or the intersex, you know, like, it's just conversations and connectiveness. I think that's the huge thing is mm-hmm. creating that space and creating that pause. Um, that I think that's really important. I think we are as a community um, just because of a lifetime of or generational lifetime of struggles and discrimination that we kind of react within trauma within each other. And I think if we could create a little bit more loving space and curiosity, um, and conversation and connectiveness within our community, I think we can show up in a bigger and better way. Um, I think that's, I think that's huge. I think part of, you know, you know, we'll talk more about creating this whole pen pal campaign for the LA Fortnite Center. I just, the initial, which con- is beautiful, thank by the you. way. And you jumped on board immediately when you saw it. Um, I, I think to mm-hmm. me, it's like how, how can we show up for our youth? And and, and let's just be honest. I mean, there's a, a 150 beds within the LA Fortnite Center and there's 17 different properties. So this is LA Fortnite Center is in New York City, but they, you know, really do add uh, uh, services and, and help throughout the, all 50 states. They have a phenomenal model program where they work with sister organizations and they kind of really showcase what's worked for them the past 17 years. And and so right now in New York City, there's, you know, 17 properties, there's um, 140, like 150 beds, but there are so many youth that use the services or, the, you know, used to use the services of the drop-in center, whether it's mental and physical health care, whether it's food, you know, so there's so many youth that are on the streets right now. And, you know, because of the regulation and the, the city restrictions for safety, you know, a lot of the services that AFC was providing, they can't right now. I mean, they're providing food at least you know, and my heart breaks because there's so many youth that are on the streets right now and that they need a bed, they need to be loved, they need, you know, just to be hugged and in a collective, you know, virtual way. And, you know, creating up a pan a pen pal campaign, I was like, well, let's do something modern. Let's yeah. not writing letters might not get to them or, you know, so but how can we really connect with them? <laughs> and I think the social, you yeah. know, like creating a message of support is like so huge. But let me just share like to go back to your question, I think this is where it, it ties in quite nicely. It's like so many of my friends, and I, I'm sure maybe you've had this when you're asking. I might have asked a couple of my friends, you know, to do the video twice, like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it this. And I was wondering why for some, and even for me, like I've never really recorded videos of myself talking directly on camera. Like you, I'm not an actor. I, I, I That's not something I'm very comfortable with. But for me to share about this campaign, I needed to do so. To For me to create my own video for the youth, I needed to be really intimate. And I think there was there's this like collective, I don't want to say resistance, but this pause. Because what happens is, is you have to see everything that you have and you have to see your privilege. And you got to go, oh, I get my freedom. I have money in the bank to go choose the food that I want. I I can go for, you know, social distant walks. I could do all of these things. And most importantly is like how many of us 
have reached out to our family or extended loved ones for support, you know, whether it's FaceTime or Zoom or whether it's just a call or whether it's like me where I travel to be for that support system. And so, you know, for you, for people that I've been sharing this with my friends, like, what do I say? Mm -hmm. First, you just got to take that pause and go like, well, you got to see what you've got. And you got to have a little gratitude towards that. And then you got to look behind you to our youth that need us. And this is all the elements that are lacking. So let's provide that. And I think part of this, you know, campaign is, of course, it's a huge awareness campaign, I hope. I hope that the world gets to understand, um, you know, what's happening to our LGBTQ plus homeless youth, that there needs to be organizations like LA 48 Center. And then just to, you know, put a spotlight on LA 48 Center. Like, I, it, it saddens me that there's little, any kind of stories in the media coveraging of yeah. our queer and trans homeless youth. And and it, it's yeah. interesting that we don't have to give money. We can, and that's huge, and that helps so much. But we can give our hearts and we can give ourselves and blah yeah. blah blah blah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I invite I, I invite <laughs> I invite everyone, everyone that can be listening right now. It doesn't matter the country that, that you are in. This podcast reach a lot of people in a lot of countries and sometimes I get overwhelmed because I record this just to get out of my mind and try to actually understand and and, and because I respect your and I'm talking to you right now, Jason, and, and I, I respect your, your story, your process, your transition and everything that you've been through to actually get to the point that you are right now. And I want to share that story with someone that can also feel inspired. And there's mm. people maybe in South Africa, maybe in Russia, maybe in, in Paris, and someone somewhere can show up better. And if you're listening to this, it doesn't matter if you don't have money, for example, because people are like, oh, I don't have money right now or whatever. You can show up, just, I don't know, give away your time, your energy, one hour per week, something that they can, that, that organization can can need, you know, because the, the, there's no better way to show up that is not about money. It's just the, the well-intune. I have a call this morning with an organization and I just said, hey, Whatever you guys need, just let me know because I believe that uh, I'm going to put another word here that maybe you feel like, and it's going to be empathy. Mm. So when we have the empathy to relay with someone else, beyond traumas, beyond experiences, beyond situations, beyond being queer, it's just empathy. You know, um, I believe that, that I, it is a powerful word to use besides gratitude. But one of the questions that I, I also wanted to ask you, also you came out as uh, HIV positive. And, mm. and that's also one of the things that uh, our community itself uh, are still processing or learning to. So, so the fact of putting this beautiful journey, and I believe that it's a beautiful journey to become the woman that you are right now with everything that you have in your hands I believe that it, it, it requires a lot of things to show up. How do you think uh, that me and anyone else that is listening can also jump in more than a cause, more than an organization and understand, for example, people with HIV or people that are looking for shelters? Like, like guide me through that because for you, I know that for you was a process as well, and you are very vocal about it, and I am grateful for that. I admire the people that are grateful with their stories, and that's why, I don't know, 
Um, I, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for so many people. Like, but and, and the trans world, like Peppermint, that she got a platform thanks to the TV show right. to actually portray that transition, you know, and 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 talk about. But we don't talk enough about HIV still, you know. And there's a lot of stigma, starting with our government as well, you know. Yeah, um, I well, I think the process. I can talk a lot as well. <laughs> no, I think um, you know. I think for for. You know, for me personally, you know, when I be, when I was diagnosed um, being HIV positive in 2011, I mean, that was, um, my gosh, that was nine years ago. Um, you know, at the time, it, as in, in it, for anyone. Oh, it that, feels like a lot. <laughs> it, you know, it does. And, you know, and I think, you know, nine years ago was a different space. And I think, you know, where we are today, but I, you know, no matter whoever goes through that process, it's, it's, it's life changing. And, um, it's really heavy. Um, but I think part of the commitment to myself, um, uh, for me in the act of surrendering, but the, the commitment of loving myself at that point to my capacity was to speak about it and to be public about it and try to really, as anyone would, um, get rid of the stigma. You know, I, I think right now with this current, uh, pandemic of, of so much hatred across the world or how did this virus start, you know, who's to blame. Um, and it's really no one. And, and, and I think for so many years, um, when you, people found out that they were HIV positive, you know, the fear is that, um, the word dirty, untouchable, unlovable, um, mm -hmm. you know, contaminate all of these things. And I think it's just because of such a phobia, especially uh, around um, LGBTQ individuals. And, but for me personally, I, it, it gave me more peace in my heart to speak publicly about it. And it really um, changed the, the, the heaviness of it. And, you know, I, I think anybody that goes through it, even today, it, you know, it, it's something that you just, I wish everyone had a support network, you know, whether it's friends or extended loved ones that can hold someone's hand. I think the greatest thing that I know is, you know, with the pioneers before us, all the people that went through the tests uh, for medication and all the, you know, the sacrifices, you know, that, you know, our community went through, you know, I get to live a beautiful, healthy life. Many of us do. And, um, and today in my heart, there's no stigmatism, um, for me at least. And, and, and I share that with the world. And if we can share more of ourselves, I think then, um, that, that's, that brings great power, um, as well. And it, it's interesting because, you know, in 2015, uh, with the biggest beard you've ever seen on my face. And we, I did this big week, <laughs> wellness uh, weekend fundraiser for God's love. And I think we raised the most money and we had over 200 people. And, and I couldn't at that time in my life, love myself. I, I had such hatred and, and then the gender identity um, suppression. I mean, that, that was so buried so deep. And I went to the ashram back to the ashram in 2015. And I had this, I didn't know at the time me coming out was going to happen, but that's what happened. And that was part of the surrendering, but I could not love myself. And before I left, um, again, I'm all, I'm all about lifelines. I don't know if like come to Montana lifeline, I, I have lifeline <laughs> yeah. this fear of leaving, but I, I said, you know what, let me share my journey. And I started to write of like kind of essays and, and journals with this process 
of why I went back to the Bahamas, why can't I love myself? And part of that journey was going through and healing trauma, but it was also the, the biggest act of surrendering. Can I love myself fully for who I am? And through that surrendering, I came out as a trans woman, but that same time, I made a commitment to be very public about it. And, um, and I also, like, you know, like I do these, at that time, I kept doing these, you know, wellness events and fundraisers. And when you plan such a thing, you plan about eight months in advance. So I, I'm coming out as a trans woman, I'm talking to the organization, and we're doing this big fundraising, I'm saying, we're going to go forward, but we're not going to be bearded yogi. So I had to come out in a very public way um, to support this big event. And so that public way was also such a gift because it, it allowed me to share honestly about my transition. Um, and like you said, I think and it's like freedom now. Like, do you freedom, feel like, like you, you don't like realize freedom of you know? energy and destruction and pain you cause yourself when you suppress your truest self or when you reject who you are and that weight of, you know, for 20 years to carry that on my, my, my shoulders was, all of a sudden gone now don't get me wrong society is quite different however mm -hmm. um but mm -hmm. when we're talking about sharing ourselves whether hiv or sharing our transition or just being vulnerable to share our story with others i think there's great healing and i and, and for me personally it just creates a space it creates the space for you to do the same for us to connect and to learn i think you know the uniqueness of uh, our individuals of who we are when we're truly in that alignment, it, it's pretty powerful. Um, and, you know, I, there's more stories today. There's, you know, back then there was not that many public transition stories or people sharing where we are today. And with the gender non-conforming and the trans and the bi, I mean, we're all having our voices. And I think that's so huge. And I just encourage mm -hmm. anybody to co collectively share their own journey. Um, and you know what? And, it and, is a powerful tool. It is, but you know what? Like you know, I, I, I mean, I have my own lifetime struggle with my intimate family, um, but I really bow to the youth at the LA Fortnite Center to having the encouragement of to to share their truest identity, and you know, and they were met with such you know resistance and, and hatred and, and phobia that they're kicked out. But, you know, there's a uniqueness individuals like you, me, that are this extended Alley Fornate Center family that we're showing up. And I think the beauty of it is that they get to experience what a, a healthy and loving family can be. They get to experience everything that they need to to survive and to thrive. That's the biggest thing. And that's just to survive is to thrive. And I think each one of us are, you know, are working towards that, right, to thrive in our lives. And and it, you know, right now, I, I, I think it's such a sad thing that graduations are not happening in high school and college and, or they're happening, you know, yeah. on a virtual level, but like, you know, yeah. with the, with LA Fortnite Center, they, I mean, they have continued education. They have all these great programs to really give life skills and, and, you know, and we get to show up to their graduations. We get to be the family that they need. And I think think it, it's just for me it's such a better experience in this life to just share it with others even for social distancing I think, <laughs> well thank you so much jace for joining me in this because i believe that i can i all the time said this and it sounds like a cliche but i can i can talk with i can talk a lot and i can talk <laughs> to you all afternoon but i'm sure we will talk soon in person uh, grabbing a coffee or something 
but I wanna, I wanna, I wanna thank you. I'm, I'm so grateful for you. And before we we ended up this, I'm all the time. I love to ask people to kind of close with a statement to the community. Um, well, first, I just want to say thank you for having me. Let's start there, um, and thank you for creating such a, a beautiful platform and a podcast series that we could just learn from each other, connect with each other. I think that's quite huge. And personally, thank you for your service and wanting to just be a part of something quite big and and just adding your adding your love and your touch just means so much. I think to the statement, um, you know, try for me it's just live your life in service and, and and it's such a simple simple act and all I can say from my own experience is that the most joy the most peace the most calmness the most connection um, the most love I've ever received is when I've been in the act of service and just showing up and and part of that element has brought me um, the, the biggest chosen family I could ever imagine to have and I want that for our community I want all of us to show up for each other support each other love each other and lift each other up quite high and um, that's that's my statement thank you so much guys right. um, um, thank you Jay it was a pleasure hi everyone <laughs> bye